How many of you here this morning feel like you're crazy busy? Anyone? Most people in our society and our culture, including in church, we feel like we're crazy busy and we feel like we're tired, right? How many people are tired? Many of us come and we're tired. You know, being busy and being tired in and of themselves are not bad things. There's nothing wrong with being busy, and we should be tired from working. But the question is, are we incorporating the right things into our busyness? One of those things being rest. Pastor, author, teacher, professor, counselor David Murray, he says that rest is one of the most spiritual things that we can do as Christians. I recently listened to an audiobook by him called Reset, Living a Grace-Paced Life in a Burnout Culture. In this book, he uses the analogy of a race, and he says this, I'm going to quote him. In a long-distance race, athletes that want to succeed must learn the right pace in order to be able to finish the race. Go too slow, and you may never win or fill your potential. Go too fast, and you may injure yourself or run out of energy before the finish line. Finding that perfect pace, that sweet spot between too slow and too fast, is vital for success and longevity as an athlete and as a Christian. End quote. So in the last decade or so, rightly so, many reputable teachers and preachers, they have sounded out a warning call to many Christians and sometimes particularly young adults who have been found to be lazy or irresponsible with their time and the message they have been, given, been giving is don't waste your life. So it's easy to focus on that part but there's a different message that we're missing altogether. And that message is a warning to zealous Christians of slow your pace. If you don't, you may obtain an injury or not finish the race at all. So there's a tension here. It's the whole tension between going too fast or going too slow. And both of these have an aspect of disobedience and, and uh, disobedience to God and consequences. And these consequences, we far too often just write them off as normal illnesses or struggles in this journey called life. The truth is that many of these consequences and issues, like for instance poverty, loneliness, sickness, injuries, burnout, depression, or even death, could possibly be linked to us not finding the right pace in life. So for today, I'll be focusing on the aspect of slowing down, of finding rest. Far too many people, including Christians, have to exit the race because of burnout. Burnout can lead to physical, emotional, and spiritual health issues. Some that are not forced out because of physical exhaustion or injury, instead are unfortunately forced out because of getting themselves into deep moral issues that are sometimes as a result of poor judgment due to being extremely overtired or having misguided priorities. 
So it's extremely important for us to find the right pace in order to finish the race well. Allie Worthington, she says this. She says, we have to start breaking busy before busy breaks us. So I want to talk a little bit about what some of the problems are with our busyness and why we orchestrate our lives around so much busyness and why we do this. As I want to talk about these problems, there's two verses that have been coming to my mind that have really earlier this year really been heavy and I believe God kept bringing them back to me. And these verses are Isaiah 30 verse 15 and Jeremiah 6 verse 16. In both these verses, the the prophets, let me give you a little bit of context here. In both these verses, the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Jeremiah, they are warning God's people of wrath and judgment that is coming on them because of their selfishness, their greed, their disobedience, their rejection of his word, and their outright idolatry. Chapters and chapters in the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah are spent on pointing out to both the nation of Israel and Judah all the ways they have rejected God and gone their own way. Yet, in both these books, kind of in the middle of these warnings, God gives them a chance to be restored to a right relationship with him. Now listen to these verses with that context in your mind. Isaiah 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. If I didn't know any better, I'd say these two verses were written by the same person. They weren't, but they're so much alike. The meaning, the heart of what these verses are saying, they're so similar. Maybe it's because there's divine inspiration here. Amen? In both these verses, God's people are told that they can return to a state of rest if they are willing to repent. Isn't rest exactly what we are looking for, what we need? We all feel so crazy busy. We feel so tired. So why were the prophets pointing to rest for the Israelite souls when they deserved anything but? Could it be that they were so caught up in being successful by their own standard of measurement for success that they were failing to recognize what true salvation and success really were? In Isaiah 30:15 it says, "In repentance and rest is their salvation, in quietness and trust is their strength." Why or sorry, was Israel relying on God for their salvation? Were they experiencing God's rest? And the answer is no. During this time they were not. They thought their salvation and strength would come from having the biggest army and the most riches, the most gold in their palaces stored up. God says through Isaiah that in repentance and rest, quietness and trust is their salvation and their strength. Yet, they were running ragged 
with their own agendas. Then in Jeremiah 6.16, as God's people are at a crossroads, I like this expression, they're at a crossroads. And he says, look, have a look here. They're at a crossroads of either going down a road of repentance and therefore experiencing rest for their souls or continuing down the path of rebellion and therefore experiencing God's wrath. Jeremiah says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. If they do, they will find rest for their souls. The ancient paths and the good way are the ways that God laid down for Israel many years before in the covenant of faith that he made with their father Abraham. In these ancient ways, they historically did experience rest. They experienced deliverance. Think about what happened in Egypt and the great deliverance. And there's other stories like that. They experienced peace and rest and deliverance. And they could experience this again should they choose to repent and to rest and to be still. Now, I don't know how many of you had your Bibles open to those verses, but if you did, you will notice that I intentionally left out the last line of both of these verses. I didn't read the full verse. Isaiah 30, verse 15, at the end of the verse, it says, but you would have none of it. And then Jeremiah 6, verse 16, at the end it says, But you said we will not walk in it. Complete rebellion. They rejected God's offer of rest, and they paid for it dearly. They continued down their path, down that path, and as the story goes, they were eventually taken into captivity by Babylon. They were taken away into exile. So my question for us today is, is our busyness balanced with rest, quietness, and trust in walking in the ancient ways? Or are we also determined to work like crazy, to do things my way, to make ourselves so busy with chasing after what we think will satisfy and also rejecting God's command, not his suggestion, his command to rest, to trust, and to be quiet? With our lifestyles, are we saying to God, I will have none of it, or I will not walk in your ways? Obviously, we can't fathom actually telling God, God, I will not do it. I will have none of your ways. With our mouths, we may not be professing that, but are we saying that with our lifestyles? Are we so arrogant that we think that we will not suffer physical, emotional, spiritual, or relational consequences? If we don't heed God's, God's advice, advice to rest, those are exactly the things that we will suffer. There are many reasons for us being so busy and so tired. So we've looked at some of what the problem is of what's going on here. But there are reasons for this. Some of it cannot be helped. Some of it is seasons in life. When you're starting a family and having children and your children are born close together, there's no way around it. You're in a busy season of life, of changing diapers and bathing the other child and training the other child with something else. It's just busy. And you, 
can't change that. We go through different seasons, so that's part of it. But even in those seasons, there are many small things we can do to adjust our lifestyles according to God's Word and plan so that we don't burn out. So I want to look at some common reasons that we make for ourselves about being over busy and not taking proper time for rest. So I call them reasons, but maybe a better word is excuses. The first reason I want to look at is wrong messages. Our culture and society are screaming at us to do more. One talk show host said that in our culture, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. The message we're hearing almost everywhere is be busy, be busy, be busy. Therefore, we can buy into this wrong message because being busy seems to be automatically a good thing. Especially because in our culture, by being busy, we actually just fit in. But the truth is that we are actually abnormal according to God's word and his design if we are not incorporating the right things and the right priorities into our busyness. The second reason I want to look at is wrong motives. There are many wrong motives that can drive us to work ourselves crazy, and in our minds, these motives seem completely justified. The first wrong motive can be money. We can become greedy and work and work and work because we want more money, we want more savings, and we want more freedom to do what we want to do. Yet it doesn't come. John D. Rockefeller, he was America's first billionaire in the early 1900s. He was the richest man in the world at that time. One reporter asked him, how much money is enough? And keep in mind, the richest man in the world at the time, he was asked, how much money is enough? You know what his reply was? Just a little bit more. And that's exactly how it is for all of us. It doesn't matter what our financial situation, whether you earn 30000 a year or 130000 a year, we want just a little bit more. Another wrong motive can be pleasure. When we, we, when we are so busy because our chief aim in life is the pursuit of pleasure, we can go nuts because of that. Either working tire, tirelessly for 49 weeks a year so we can have unlimited pleasure in our three weeks of holidays, or taking in so much entertainment and pleasure throughout the whole year that we have little time for anything that's really important. Another wrong motive can be position. Wanting a certain position in life can be a wrong motive. Many people sacrifice almost their whole lives to climb the corporate ladder and be a person of position. On a more realistic scale for many of us, the positions that we sometimes sacrifice too much for can be in our workplace or even in church. Even simply having our own business can be a matter of wanting a certain status or position among our peers. Pastors can very easily overwork themselves because of wanting to maintain a certain position of control in the church. Another wrong motive is people-pleasing. 
Some people are over busy because they are people pleasers and do not want to say no to anyone for fear of disappointing someone. Another wrong motive is perfectionism. Some people never stop their work when they should because they're perfectionists. Everything has to be done a certain way. And if that certain way cannot be accomplished in the time frame that is reasonable, they will sacrifice other important responsibilities for the sake of doing the task at hand right instead of using a different method or finishing it the next day. This can be an extreme form of pride as they cannot fathom the thought of someone ever suggesting or accusing them of not having done something right. So we talked about motives. I want to talk about one more wrong reason or excuse. And that is having a wrong view of God. Many people view God as a demanding God who is always taking, always expecting, and always demanding more. Yet God's voice says in Psalm 46, which was read for us this morning, in verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Being still is one of our greatest resources to getting to know God and entering into his presence and fellowshipping with him, and getting to know him. God is first and foremost a God of compassion and grace. The person that understands God's grace lives out of gratitude for that grace instead of out of obligation to serve a taskmaster that's never satisfied. Living in gratitude for God's grace, realizing that God does not demand works, actually fuels us for more productive kingdom work. Whereas the raw motives that I talked about, they actually drain us. They do the opposite of what we think. Now that we've looked at problems and reasons for being too busy, let's look at some solutions. There's a very easy way to attain more balance in this area of our lives. All it takes is saying one word. Anybody know what that word is? Anyone know? No. It's pretty hard sometimes to use that two-letter word. And I'm nobody to talk here. Just ask my wife, Margaret. She'll tell you. I used to not be able to say no to anyone. I was the person that was running ragged with always something on the go simply because I couldn't say no. And sometimes that's still the case. I was, and sometimes still am, that people pleaser that I talked about a few minutes ago. I believe I have improved in this area. I actually had to. And I say this because if I had not, I came to a place in my life where I recognized that if I would not improve in this area, I would end up being admitted to an institution... I would have lost my marbles and become a useless burnout, and I'm not joking when I say I would have been admitted to an institution. I ran a business, I owned a business for about 11 years, and in having my business, I had to incorporate saying no. Especially when I started. If when you're starting a business, especially in the construction field, 
If you don't say no to customers or builders, they will work you 24-7 because there's always a closing date. There's always more that has to be done. Many thought I was crazy for not working 12 hours a day or six days a week when I started my business, especially when you take into consideration that I was starting out 